0: Sleep, Shit Repeat is an independent podcast. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we're recording on today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation.
1: With the national quality rating, it's a tricky one because centres often, it can be four years before they go through it again and a lot can change in that time.
2: Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Shit, Repeat, the podcast all about the madness that is motherhood and everything in between. And my voice just really cracked a little bit. I am Kelly McCarran. You sure about that? I am Kiri Searles. I and keep forgetting to put that in the scripts. I've yep, I've noticed that you've now put it in caps,
0: so I do not forget <laughs> again. <laughs> Don't forget, okay? It's really important. Kelly we are just going to jump straight into this episode today. What do you mean there's no banter? No banter. We've got too much butter. to cover
2: because we are talking about going back to work and daycare. I would actually say that this is more about daycare. We need to do a whole separate ep about yeah, going back to work. Yeah, that's actually
0: very true. It's not about going back to work. It's all about daycare.
2: Because our conversation that we have with a shitter, Sal, later on in the episode will cover everything. But yeah, we will do a separate episode about back to work because I've got a couple of people interested Yeah, the topics are chatting. too big to bring un- under one 100%. So right. Also, do we call it daycare? Or working to pay for the daycare that gives them (laughs) bugs and then you're paying for them not to be there and also not getting paid because you're at home with your sick child. But I had to put that little joke in there because it is my life. Oh, yeah. So we are both going to summarise our experiences, but we're not going to go into it too much because I feel like it's kind of been interwoven. Interwoven? Interwoven. Into everything we talk about. Just like generally. So it's not going to be like super new information.
0: Oh, so this is the old story of Key and Roo take daycare. Don't you love it at the end of the day? We've both clearly got the sillies a little bit. I know. We just <laughs> ate a muffin. Now we've got the sugar sillies. <laughs> we got the
2: chocolate sillies. <laughs> the choccy sillies, Keeley.
0: All right. Pull it together. So we reluctantly started Roo at daycare at 10 months now, this is because the whole industry is fucked and there were so many, like, lists and all of the things. So, I got one day at One Day Care Place and they basically said to me, we've got one day, you can take that. And by the time it comes around, so this was, I think, I went back to work in at Easter, so April, and I guess we started her in what, Feb?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Kelly just said, yeah. I've got know. absolutely no idea. I'm just sitting here sipping <laughs> on the caffeinated beverage.
0: And at 10 months, she, they're small. Like, you, you, well, I look back at Rue's 12, like her birthday party photos, even though she was very sick, like small. So when I think, whoa, I started her at daycare. It, 10 months like she was really little anyway so it doesn't matter people start at different times yeah and
2: some babies start way younger than 10 months totally
0: it's all situation based which is totally fine it was just difficult because you know you've got this in your mind I've got 12 months with them and then someone says to you oh but if you want the days you need to start two months earlier so it was just kind of a bit of a switch but it ended up being quite cool so I trusted this daycare place a friend of mine went there and they were lovely they were really kind at kind of like doing the stay in plays to kind of get Rue used to it. So I think maybe we did three
2: of those. A stay in play is kind of like an orientation. If pretty much yeah i've heard that term before
0: yeah you just go um they kind of show you around and then you sit with them in the class and play a little bit with them and then you, you might know, want to pop out for 10 minutes out, or so to you see, see how, how, how they, they go. go i just
2: went and filled out paperwork and that sort of thing i just watched her through a oh my god like a gold <laughs> And
0: an <they're> error in there <laughs> i was like are you playing are you happy have you made friends yet <laughs> but i think it's really good because you kind of Really get to see firsthand how they do in the environment. And I was really lucky with Rue. She was pretty into it. It didn't mean it wasn't hard though. And I think the guilt was pretty brutal even with it just being one day. Yeah. Right. But it was also, as I mentioned earlier, this kind of like wow moment because for the first time in 10 months, I had my own time and that felt important too. Mm. So, Did you cry
2: the first day? Oh,
0: Yeah. Yeah, when I left, of course yeah. I cried, but I am pretty sure I took myself for a massage and then I oh, fell asleep heavily. So, but I think it just opened up my eyes to there being, like, you know, this is your next phase, and it's it's big for her, but yeah. it's also big for you because I am moving closer back to the person that I was, and it felt like this was quite a big shift. So in thinking about like starting daycare, I think, yeah, that was something that really surprised me of of realising, oh, this is kind of the first new stage of independence. But as I neared kind of going back to work at around 11 months, I couldn't get any more days at my daycare. That's so stressful. Yeah, and it was basically I was waiting for someone to leave. It wasn't about moving up a class. So when I kind of was aware that this was not going to happen – I did a few recce's and then I landed at one of the big ones, which was very different because the one I had put her into was like kind of an independent, smaller one, very much about like holistic play or that kind of stuff. But it was very old and not flash or anything like that. And then I, we were going to a big one and that felt a bit like, whoa, she's going to a huge place with all these kids and is she going to be okay? But I found that because I had the experience of doing one day for a couple of months, that going up to three days almost wasn't as hard because – as i thought it would be emotionally i was kind of prepared so yeah. i really recommend doing that i think a lot of people do do that if they have if they're able to anyway yeah. but if you can do it you know start them a bit early on your mat leave highly recommend and also it gives you that day
2: yeah until you finish up like it's nice to actually feel like you're maybe getting on top of errands or even it could be one of your you
0: know when you're kind of going back to work and you say do the, the yeah,
2: keep in touch days
0: yep. you could align that with their day at daycare and that could be something that you kind of also – as you're kind of introducing them to daycare, you're introducing yourself back to work. Yeah. Kind of a good idea. I'm not wild about my daycare.
2: Yeah, you hate it.
0: I think uh, it's difficult because I really trust the educators. I just don't feel like they get enough, like, outside play and that they're doing many activities. And it's really Is difficult. it just the
2: outside thing? I swear, like, whenever you're looking at the photos, you're like, oh, they're not outside again. And I'm like –
0: Because there is a lot of studies around how important it is for them to be outside because they get less likely to get sick.
2: Yeah. And also just being outside. And Rue has been sick so much.
0: Exactly. And I just want them to be outside. But like, you know, inside is fine too. I don't know. It's just hard because, again, it's seeing what other people do, seeing how much time they're outside. And it doesn't help that my daycare is right next to another one. And so it's a it's, better one, right? Well, they're just always fucking outside <laughs> and they've got heaps of shit on their walls and I'm like, why don't we have shit on our walls?
2: Where's Ruth's crappy drawing? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> like, put it up. Put it up. But it was like – it was – the thing I have to remember about starting daycare was like how stressful the mornings were. And this is the case for a lot of people. It was like dropping off between 7.30 and 8 a.m., oh, driving to work, oh. parking – And then I wasn't having a lunch break so that I was then able to leave at 4 p.m. And that was stressful. Well, it was just like
2: you didn't stop. And you don't actually get to – it's funny. I was with my sister-in-law on the weekend and she works full-time. but She works from home on Fridays. And she was saying – and I actually didn't realize how lucky I am. Sometimes you need someone else to point something out to you that Mm. I don't ever – like maybe once a month I have to rush a morning because I've got like an early meeting or whatever. Yeah. I never have to rush with Len. And you will now have that same experience with Rue because you work for yourself. Like, yeah, that is just one of the biggest blessings that I never have to rush. Like when he wakes up, we just watch cartoons. Like I generally try to get him there before eight because that's the breakfast cut off. And also I just feel like that's just a good time. But if, Yeah, I just can't imagine, like, my sister-in-law's like, no, we have to be out of the house by a quarter to seven. He gets dropped off at seven. Then I'm straight to the train station trying to find a park. Then I've got to get into the city. Like, It's a lot. And that's the thing. I think, like, when I was
0: pre-kids and seeing parents, you know, leave early, I wasn't thinking about the fact that, you know, their next job was going to start. But also – that when they saw them get there at nine a.m. in the morning, they had had a whole world whole of other day. things happen. Whole day had already happened before their professional day started. So I remember there is a lot of credit that needs to be given to parents that you know show up for work every day, and obviously when you start daycare, it's you know a whole. I, sh- I a
2: remember whole thing. Holly Wainwright. She's one of the hosts on mama Mia Out Loud. So we both work with her, like you know, because we both freelance through to Mamma Mia, but. She wrote an article and this was like five, six years ago. It was so long ago. And it has haunted me because it was obviously well before I was ready for kids or whatever. But it was basically about what her day looks like before 9 a.m. I need to try to find it so I can link it in the show notes because this is horrifying. Like to any non-parent and even now, to be fair, like to me who has one child, I work for myself. So life is pretty easy. Yeah. When I think, oh my gosh. Some people are just superheroes. Yeah. It, it And it does also, it doesn't matter
0: how much of a supportive environment that you are, you still feel like a shit person having to leave early to go pick up your kid. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I remember that first day, it took me 20 minutes to muster up the courage to say, all right, guys, I'm going to go now to
2: go pick up Rue. I was sitting in my there, sw- seat. Sw- oh i worked God. there for four years at this point. I like, was sitting in my seat. As if you'd sweating. never left early before because you had an appointment or whatever. Like I know. And it was they, so no one cared. Awkward.
0: No one cared. No one cared. It was totally a me thing. But it was just like, oh. And then I was late because then I got stuck in the early peak hour traffic. And oh then, God. you know, so I was just like, you can't fucking be a pussy. No, like, you just need to get
2: up proudly. Yeah. And be like, hey, guys, I'll be online later if anyone needs me for anything. Yeah. Or if you've got a boundary of like no work after X amount of time, okay, guys, see you tomorrow. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think the more you do it, the more confident yeah. you become. And I think it's also the more you get your confidence back at work and in the swing of things, the more okay you feel leaving, quote unquote, early because you you feel like you've contributed. That first day, I'm there reading pieces of paper and taking meetings with people and then kind of twiddling my thumbs, you know, because you're waiting for the work to come to you. So yeah, I felt like a shit person basically because I hadn't done that much that day. And then I was just like, see you guys. Just yeah. gonna go walk Have out fun. that door. Working. But it was first day vibes. So it definitely obviously changed the more that I continue to work. And then the sickness happened. Mm. And so my first week I lasted a grand total of one out of three of the days that I was meant to show up for. I just remembered that. It was bad. I was like, guys, so she caught something the first day. Yeah, and look, she may have caught it at like one of the stay and plays a few days earlier or she may have caught it from another one of her mother's group bub friends that have been in daycare already. But she was sick as a dog and she had like three viruses. It was just – Was that a
2: hospital stay?
0: Yes, it was a hospital stay. It wasn't a long one, but it was like, oh, hi, guys. I went And I couldn't – the next week I didn't even go in. So it was like one day, no week – like a whole week not working. And by the time I got back, I was like – Sorry, guys. (laughs) So sorry about that. But she was honestly sick more than she was well for weeks. Yeah. And it was rough. It was really, really rough. It felt like it was never going to end. We got particularly – you pummeled
2: really uh, do you think it was because of they her... weren't
0: outside yes
2: oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i being silly i'm being i'm being a silly chucky girl you're being a silly chucky girl to the other kids in her class is the rate of sickness in general in that room high we don't know
0: i don't know but it seems to be like when something's going around yeah they everyone all gets out because yeah. they're not outside yeah because they're not outside the good thing is about it is that and I don't know how long it takes because it felt like a long time of being sick. And obviously this winter was brutal oh. for external factors, you know, COVID being locked up for so long, our, our immune system, system being suck. low, superbugs and I all of that stuff. I think by next year, surely
2: things will have evened out a little bit because oh. it'll be second year, third year out of lockdown.
0: I hope so. And look, one can hope. But the thing is, it's like, you feel like it's never going to end, mm. but you also get better dealing with it. So you kind of know what to do. I think, is it like, well, for me, it was... I don't. Well, I just was like, you know, okay, I'm doing the, you know, I'm alternating the Hierophant, medications. Patadol, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm checking her temperature. I'm, you know, if it's gastro, I'm, I've am i got the dead old spray. I'm, you know, there's things you can do. Like, yeah. I think you do get more equipped to kind of handle it. But then this really beautiful thing happens is that you realise, shit, we haven't been sick in a couple of days
2: or weeks. And Never then been you get sick. <laughs> Never been. But months. you do have
1: these little yeah. bits of reprieve. Like,
0: and it is. You're like, okay, it's not going to be forever. Yeah, it's okay. And I will say now, you know, at the end of a year of having been at daycare, um, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's light at the end of the tunnel. The colds are shorter. That they're not as hard hit by things. You
2: know, they're resilient little fuckers. They are.
0: And oftentimes, like. It hits you a bit harder than it hits them.
2: I love that I'm like, they're resilient little fuckers. As Luke just came in to interrupt us to ask me what time Lenny's doctor's appointment was. Yeah, I was
0: wondering what that was for. He's, because he's always bloody sick. Yeah, I think he's
2: got tonsillitis again.
0: I would say that my peaks of the sickness were gastro because it ripped through the whole family. Baby Roo, me charlie charlie's parents who were in town visiting us they did give us covid the last time they visited though yep. so i felt but like that was elderly even. Well, not elderly but older it doesn't feel good to give an it older doesn't person feel anything. good no no and just looking at them and being like you've got another 12 hours of that
2: yeah you oh you vomited twice
0: yeah got, it's there's a lot more coming and the bronchiolitis which was that like oh. really devastating scary hospital stay that was her first birthday right that was actually oh, God, oh yeah it was that was her first birthday i'm like there was another time that she oh, yeah there was another hospital stint after that that was but yeah it was her first birthday and oh no that was the same one it was because it was like her birthday and then mother's day yep. and we got out on mother's day which ended up being good but look it's rough but you you get into your flow and it ends up being bringing you great joy because they become really independent you become independent and you can see the benefits of it but the sickness is just something you've just got to fucking pull on your big girl panties and try and pray to get through it. Mm-hmm. I don't
2: know. Anyway, get dead all out. enough about me. So it's funny because I don't know why I didn't think to ever put him in before the one year mark when you were saying that you just had that in your head. No, well, mine was because I had to. Oh, sorry. Yeah, because of maternity leave. But I didn't take maternity leave. So I don't know why... I- I never did put him in – I think maybe in my mind it was just that he was way too difficult, and he was. Like he was screaming all the time. Like there was no way that I could actually have put him in daycare. But I just remember just me being me, people being like, have you got him on lists yet? And I'm like, huh? Yeah. And then so that day I was like, oh, I guess I'll just put him on a list of the one that I drive past all the time. Next to the gym. On the way to the gym. And I did – I literally didn't even ever go in to look at it. I just was like, yeah, that one looks fine. I'm just going to – put his name on the list and like I think that I didn't I you know I've spoken about this before I didn't take proper maternity leave because I always say it's for financial reasons but it's also a lot because I have this huge fear of becoming obsolete yeah I have a lot of people do by the way that's I think that's a really relatable thing like I just was so scared of being so easily replaceable and just people forgetting about me and not and then not when I really needed to go back to work financially than not having any work. Mm. So I literally, when I say I worked up until I was going into labor, I mean it. Like I was filling in for you, I think, on the spill. Yeah. And Yes, you were. And I was like, she hasn't given birth yet? You're like, isn't she in labor? Like she's literally due. And that was that day and I went into labor. Like I literally worked until I went into labor and then I didn't take any time off. Um Sorry, I missed one podcast record for, from you, beauty. After straight after birth, one, which is just psychopathic. By yeah. the way, sorry if anyone can hear this storm that's happening. It's a
0: storm, time. and I'm like, it's fine. Okay,
2: so it's, like, it's fine. Just keep talking, <laughs> and I'm like, I it,
0: storms don't worry me at all. No, it's just yeah, it's but fine. Luke Luke gets
2: very worried about them. So when like I worked one handed. While he was, I'd finally get him to sleep while I was holding him. Or like I'd put him in the carrier and bounce while I was working. Like it was proper chaotic unhinged shit. I don't know how I did it. Yeah, because
0: I just want to make a side note here. It's not that he was like an easy baby. Like he was very unwell and no, very sickly. Th- so the
2: fact that you he worked. He screamed 14 hours a day. Exactly. That's like, I don't know how you did that though. And I made more money than I ever had that year. I do not know what I did or how I did it. That is just wild. Proper lunacy. Lunacy is the only word to describe it. Well, thank God that you were rewarded. Would get that money yeah. because like I think I something just spent came it on out of shit, it. Though because I was like miserable, so shopping all the time. It was shopping online. Like I was literally back at work events within that first six, to eight weeks. I was so terrified that I just didn't take any time off, which was so, so, so stupid. I literally did a training course once for a couple of girls like that needed some training in social media and video camera, like how to present on camera. While I was wearing Lenny, what? On, if I, I could do a whole episode about the unhinged shit that I did when Lenny was small. So he started daycare at one and, yeah, like I said, that's I picked it just because it looked nice and it was five minutes away. Like eventually I did once they were like, oh, you know, he's been accepted the days that you want, but, you know, before you sign anything, like have a come in and check it out and have yeah. a look through the policies and everything. And I was like, I didn't know what to look for. I was like, yeah, this looks fine. Everyone seems nice, whatever. I think that one thing worth saying about daycare is that it's really tough on someone that isn't very organized and good with paperwork. Yeah. And Luke had nothing to do with it. I carried the entire mental load. And to this day, I find it so stressful. Like, everything to do with the childcare subsidy. And I kept telling me to go into Centrelink because... Like one of his vaccines hadn't come through, and then I literally had to go to that GP's office, and it had been from when he was three months old because they'd never put it through that he'd gotten that particular vaccine. And yeah, the vaccine thing can really. Oh my god, I was like, it's in his blue book. I have the serial number of the needle injection that he got. He had it. Like, just stupid stuff. That's just a mind fuck. Okay, K race. Should we actually say what has happened because it's quite funny? We made a two terrible days ago, decision
0: two days ago to record, but there was a like stage five
2: category, red storm. Like Luke kept coming into the garage to be like, girls, there's a really <laughs> big storm going, key. Okay, I think you should go if you need to drive in this. And we were like, oh, it's fine. we we'll right. And then we're recording the daycare episode. And at one point I lifted the headphone off my ear and I was like, oh. Oh my.
0: It was loud. And then I was like, oh, are you sure? And then I took my earphones out and I was like, oh my god. So
2: hopefully we can insert a grab of what it sounded like because (laughs) lol. My friend in Brisbane, her kid had to get vaccinated again because the doctor's office stuffed up the vaccination. I can't hear you. Can you not? Anyway, (laughs) so we are recording my part of daycare tales. Now yeah, we're doing that now. we didn't get too far in, so it's not too We didn't hard. get too far in. But I was like, oh, we were in – we had – We had a group. We had our chocolate sillies we on. We were the silly
0: chocky gals. I
2: mean, we do have Friday sillies. We do
0: have Friday sillies. Not the same as Wednesday silly chocky girl sillies, no, though. No,
2: no, it's not as good. Daycare. Back to work. It's funny because I just think this is worth noting how stressful anyone that isn't very organised or good with any sort of paperwork, it is so stressful actually – Doing and dealing with all of the paperwork when it comes to daycare. Like there was an issue with Lenny's vaccinations. He had been vaccinated, but they just didn't fill it out properly at the GP's office. And I was like, I have the batch number in the blue book. From the syringe? From the syringe of what it was. So they ended up putting it through. So I had to go into Centrelink Claire- like. So many times I was always on the phone with him trying to get childcare subsidy because it was just – and all of – like I had to get all of these special allergy forms filled in for him because he couldn't have dairy at the time. And Mm. oh, my goodness, the paperwork was just insane. You were saying the other day that one of your friends had to get her baby jabbed twice? Yeah. That sounds like a made-up story. I know it's not because you're telling me. No, I know. I was really shocked,
0: yeah. So when it was her third kid – and she's like, I know that I took him and I I've, can see the doctor's appointment that we made and went to, but they just like didn't fill it out and for whatever reason they were like, no, you absolutely have to come back and get it done.
2: So the GP said that?
0: Yeah. they had. To, so she had, had to get vaccinated twice. Because it
2: should have been in even the GP's records that they came in for that appointment that day, so even if they didn't have It was wild. The actual... And you don't want to make can't a kid get make... vaccinated twice. But can't that make them a bit sick? Cause that's too much of it. Well,
0: it depends how close together it was. I think it may have been, you know, a little bit later. Yeah. Like you know, a few months later or whatever. So that kid
2: just never get sick because they were, so <laughs> they were vaccinated. double vaccinated.
0: <laughs> On the admin point that you just made, that's actually really fascinating. Like Charlie knows how shit I am at admin, so he did, did everything. He do it
2: all. He did I didn't everything. Even
0: think Luke would know how to do it. So we were really lucky, but that was just because like. He knows how bad I am at things and he will just tick it off the list and do it straight away. Oh, that's so good. Like to the point where Rue is on his Medicare card because when you know she was what? born he was he like – a progressive man. Ding, 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 ding. It's, but it's really annoying because I am the primary carer.
2: So it's, oh, yeah, so you've got to make sure that – Yeah, oh, but yes. in his
0: defence he did fill out all the paperwork for me to be moved on to his and all I had to do was something and I didn't and do it. And didn't do it because it was um, that one tiny bit of paperwork. But then I said, yeah. I don't want to be three – I don't want to be three on the Medicare card. It's going to be that's, you, rue me.
2: That's what you were worried about, really. Well, a
0: little bit, but not really. I just was too lazy to feel the body form. Him. But anyway, so I think it is. You know, if if you're I'm not great, that he did that. that's
2: amazing. And that's
0: what I was going to say. If you know, a lot of it does fall to us. But like, if your partner
2: is better, is
0: better at that stuff, yeah. get them to do it.
2: So Lenny started daycare at one, and uh, he. Oh, I think it was like a week off. And we started by doing the little orientation trips. And, yeah, it was really tough to begin with, like it is with most kids. Oh, not all kids, actually. Lenny would be inside the womb if he could. So it was a little bit more difficult. However, I just think, like, I always could be quite rational. And even though it absolutely killed me, I knew. Because then I saw all of the photos and read the reports. And I was like, he's fine. They do call mm. if your kid yeah. isn't. <laughs> I
0: remember abby said to me daycare called me the other day because junie was sad oh <laughs> i was like what and she's like yeah and i had to go pick her up I've, and was she sad when i picked her up
2: no she was fine she was thrilled she was thrilled I've <sighs> also had those calls before and have you picked him up no i'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's not a good enough excuse i'm just like oh he shame. can get over it shame <laughs> Generally, if he was that upset and nothing would calm him down, there's probably something there's wrong. A with him. There's However, a difference. However, if he's if they're like he's really he won't stop whinging, I'm like, I'm glad he's there. there a yeah. <laughs> the little bastard, I can't stand the whinging. Like, shut up. Yeah, and also <clears throat> this it's is just my day not to have
0: a whingy kid. Like, yeah, and it's why call him me.
2: Yeah. So no, yeah, or they'll be like he was in a really bad mood today, and I'm like, oh, but in my mind, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> sucked in <laughs> and I love them so bad so much so I feel so bad that I think like that but I'm like I can't st- I just cannot stand whinging yeah it's because difficult because I'm like there's it's nothing difficult. actually wrong with you you're yeah. just being annoying
0: well they've just found a little bit of independence and
2: they want to uh, kind of complain uh, uh. And they don't really know how to vocalise things. No. Them. And they don't really know what they want either. My friend's kid still whinges a lot and she's seven and I'm like, oh, so it never ends for the really whingy kids. <laughs> I don't think so. That's you meet
0: whingy adults. Horrified. I feel yeah, like they would have been whingy Actually, kids. me, I'm a whingy adult. Oh, well.
2: Oh. What was the next on your list? <laughs> so pros of daycare it gives me a little bit of my independence back it gives him independence and he learns so much yeah so many of the things that he has learned that are crucial for his development he's learned at daycare yes yeah like sometimes he'll just do something and I'm like where did you learn that because I didn't teach you
0: oh like remember when I randomly put baby shark on and started doing the actions and I was like (laughs) what
2: you're like I've never put that on before and she's just just The cons, though, the sicknesses. So Mm. not unlike Rue, Lenny got sick in the first week. Well, Rue was first day. (laughs) He got croup and I'm pretty sure it was the first time he'd had croup, so that was quite scary. But then he had a month without getting anything. And so I was feeling a little bit smug. Oh, yeah. So one of our shitters, Em, she lives up in Brisbane and her kid has never been sick from daycare. Like, you know, a cold here and there, but she's never had a day off. And so we did want to get her on originally, but timings didn't work out because I was like, she's actually a great person to talk to, so we don't terrify everyone. Because she also lives in a busy area. It's not like she lives in a tiny little town. She lives in Brisbane. Yeah. And her kid hasn't ever been sick from daycare. Sandy's kids, one of my girlfriends, also they haven't really been sick that much from daycare. So it's not every kid, but I'd say ninety nine percent of children. Yeah, and I think smashed.
0: it varies, right? I think it depends maybe on the time of year that you start them. Yeah. You know, Rue was
2: – well, she
0: was kind of towards the beginning of the year. Maybe that doesn't even make a difference to be didn't fair. for me.
2: Well, it, he was fine for the first month and then he didn't go for a full week until – for months. He was on um, antibiotics for nine weeks straight. <gasps> and then at one point my pediatrician was like, can you just pull him out, Kel? He's too sick. Like he keeps getting sick. So I yeah. took two weeks off. But I'm like, I can't afford to. Yeah. Because he's on the move now. When he was a little baby and slept all the time, it was very different when I had to work with him. Yeah. But he's on the move and he needs to be stimulated and he's not really sleeping the same way that he used to. So
0: that's a good point, actually. Yeah,
2: it's very different. Also very easy for your pediatrician who's a private doctor. Well, you know. Just take him out. Let him Just take him out. Have you thought about a nanny? Well, well <laughs> can do you, you know do how it? how long the paperwork <laughs> took and how hard it was just to get childcare subsidy. So, yeah. But you're just, so
0: right, we don't want to scare people.
2: We don't want to scare people, but everyone that said the first year is fucked was right. <laughs> they were right. It was, it was and it was about well, it stopped before the year the really bad sickness but he's still sick all the time they just get a lot more resilient and better at dealing with yeah
0: it's a shorter like tail i reckon yeah yeah yeah.
2: the funny thing is though is that it wasn't like there were so many things like he had rfs rfs rsv yeah rsv like he he literally has had everything yeah but hand foot mouth was the worst in our house it was the worst they didn't know for days (gasps) i just knew something was off yeah anyway and then it was one gp thought to look Deep down his throat, not just at his tonsils. And his whole throat was just full of it.
0: Oh, my God. Because he had a few spots, but
2: sometimes they're just a bit spotty.
0: Well, yeah, you never know. It's like a little bug bite. I was really confused by that. But Goldie was the same, our friend. She had it and it was just like her mouth was filling up with saliva because she didn't want to swallow.
2: So, And you think that it could be teething to begin with. You You think that it could be tonsil. Like Like, there are so many things that it could be. But he was just – usually he's still quite happy and will play – When he's sick. But he was just miserable. I would not. he? The poor little thing. He didn't sleep. He didn't eat. He didn't drink. It was just horrible. So hand, foot and mouth was the worst. So I don't really have any tips. Well, I do have one. But I feel like it could be really controversial. And a bunch of mums gave this tip to me. So my tips for daycare are. When they first go, when you bring them home, take them out of their clothes, some people say to bath them or shower them straight away as soon as that's they get home what I do D-K- on day to day do yeah I don't because he gets so filthy covered in dinner, but we do wash hands and when he first started we would take all clothes off as well. So he was like in fresh clothes, I don't know, it's just like minimizing the bugs the spread. And a couple of mums suggested this and I only started doing it I think after the last bad outbreak of whatever. And now I just do it every now and then if I'm a bit too scared. You put like a tiny bit of Dettol in their bathwater. And it's on the website. It's it okay to do. on the website to say that it's not going to harm them in small – like the, it is a thing that people do and Dettol have said that it is safe in very small quantities. I just don't want anyone come. I'm not telling you to do it. You're just saying that's what you do? Because a couple of mums told me it worked for them in terms of minimising –
0: Do you want me to make you feel better? Go. This might be a bit controversial too. So we hit the hand sanity on the way out at daycare.
2: Is that controversial?
0: I'm not there yet. Oh,
2: I'm like, I hand sanitize the shit out of that bloke's hands.
0: And then before I put her into the car seat, I wipe her down with Dettol wipes. And then I put her into the car seat.
2: Oh my God. God, how does she still get so many bugs? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It
0: doesn't really do anything. Anyway, and then when we get home, it's clothes off. We both hop into the shower. We don't have a bath. Hop into the shower together. Doesn't she
2: get dirty from dinner? She's a spaghetti girl.
0: I'll put her in a smock so then she's tidy. And look, if I have to give her a little, like I always wipe her down anyway with like a cloth. Yeah. So I'll just wipe her down. Look, sometimes she smells like spaghetti, yeah. Yeah, okay. But it's like, but on the days where she doesn't have daycare, we'll eat first and then shower. It's just if the daycare, I don't want any bugs getting everywhere.
2: I love that you do that. It makes me feel so less worse about the And because I have to like, because Luke is so anti it, he'll be like, did you do the dead old thing? And I'm like, no, I just cleaned the bathroom. Because you can smell it. But you know what?
0: If it's on the website, like we're so heavily regulated in Australia, a exactly. brand cannot put that on their website and say that it's safe without it being and safe. I
2: guarantee you if one parent had ever had a really adverse reaction, their kid, we'd bloody well know about it, wouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, exactly. Because we hear the horror stories about everything. So that's what I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's sit enough about us and our – Bugs and Dettol and drama. That's right.
0: Enough about us. Over to our very great chat with Sally.
2: So our lovely guest today, Sally, is
0: a daycare director and also a mum and also a shitter. (laughs) And and what I love about your situation is that your son is in the toddler room at the daycare centre that you're the director at, but he has actually
1: no idea that you even work there. Yes. And we want to keep it that way for as long as possible. Yes. So I, I mean, the main reason why I don't want him to know I'm there is for the educator's sake, because if they had me coming in and out of the room all the time, And that would leave him in tears, like it would leave any kid whose mum was going to come in and out of their room all the time. That makes their lives super difficult. So again, obviously it's for his sake too, but for the educators, I yeah, I drop him off in the morning and I say I love you, and I'll pick you up this afternoon, and then that's it. See you later, just like us, just like normal mums, not normal mums, but like
2: us, regular mums. Wait, so then you just like you're like bye, see
1: you later, and then you just like go into the next room into your office into my office but we have got a few strategies in place so for example our staff toilet is unfortunately in his room we're not a purpose-built center it's like an old house that's been transformed so um i have a little bell that i ring and the staff hear that and they're like oh sally's coming in um and i'll move my son from where he can't see me um and there's you know two hours in a day where he sleeps so i get to go in there and talk to everyone yeah. It's
0: just
2: the
1: bell is just so good. I love it so much. I get
2: urgent needs, especially to number two. Like I'm just imagining you're like ringing the bell. Hurry up! Hurry up! I need to poo. And they're like, oh, sorry, he's finishing playing with his cars.
1: <laughs> yeah, and um, TMI, but he was also a giant baby. So yes, I do get. <laughs> urgency yeah the urges the bell might just get a bit louder i don't know you have to ask the educators (laughs) but also i should make the point that it's also for the parents of the center's sake because i don't want them to think that like my son's getting special treatment in the sense that he gets you know cuddles from mummy whenever he wants during the day i make sure the parents are aware that he doesn't know i'm there and they see me they see me dropping him off saying bye and then they see me picking him up every afternoon and so i think it's comforting to them to know that there's no special treatment going on there the main benefits are that i have one drop off and pick up i don't have to commute anywhere and you also know that there would
0: be some crazy parent out there that would be like special treatment because they get so crazy yeah. we'll talk about that later yeah. but you were so <laughs> lovely to reach out to me after the milestones episode when i was a bit con- well i think you could probably hear the fear in my voice or the worry in my voice about rue and mm-hmm. her speech and you were so lovely and then you kind of gave me the tldr of you know your situation as a daycare center director and and also a mom. And I just thought that your perspective was fascinating and immediately like in the midst of us, like bonding over our shared fears being like, Hey, but could you also come on the pod? (laughs) And you excitedly said yes, which made me so thrilled. And we wanted to basically talk to you today about the practicalities of starting daycare. Cause we always like to kind of start at the beginning for anyone listening and I guess we should start with what things you
1: should actually look for when you're finding a daycare. Yep. So this also still applied to me because I did look at other centres because prior to going on to maternity leave, the team was slightly different and it had changed for the good when I was looking for somewhere for my son. So he wasn't necessarily always going to go where I was going, but I was super impressed with the team that would be looking after him. So, obviously everyone likes to do tours and to do lots of tours if you need to, to until you find a centre where you get a really nice vibe. You'll sort of, I think most people will walk out of a centre and know that's somewhere they feel comfortable leaving their child or not. And there's good questions to ask, like about their staff turnover. So, this is a tricky one because obviously early childhood sector has really high staff turnover. A lot of that is on the government. I could probably have my own podcast about ways the sector could be fixed, but it is a tricky one. But at the same time, there are centres who have got longstanding staff. So about half of my team have been with us for like five to 15 years, which we're really proud of. And I think is a testament to how happy they are at our service. And then the other half of the team are probably there, like they've been there in the last six months to say three years. So I think asking about that is important asking about their national quality rating. This one is tricky because centers can go-
2: this
0: existed. She found out an hour ago.
1: I had no idea. And also
2: you're (laughs) gonna have a heart attack when you listen to my experience with daycare because I literally just drove past one one day and went, oh yeah, that's on the way to the gym. Looks all right. Look, didn't look
1: into it, just like put him on the wait list. But that's great if that's all you needed. Even though I've worked in the sector for, you know, 15 years prior to becoming a mum, that first day dropping him off like I took leave for the first week because I was like one I didn't want to have to hear him cry but two I was like I need to go home and cry like every other mum I can't just be sitting at my desk (laughs) but like I am a big sook like I was so sad about putting him in childcare. like it was the end of our time together and I was worried that he might feel like I just abandoned him even though I had the privilege of knowing that the educators and the center was really quality but i still struggled so yeah i think it just depends on you know each parent but if you do if you are struggling to find a center that you feel comfortable with obviously you know doing lots of tours will help with the national quality rating um it's a tricky one because centers often it can be four years before they go through it again and a lot can change in that time you know, you can have a change of center director and within six months, a center could be completely different for good or for bad. So it's not necessarily always the most reliable, but you can ask them when they last went through assessment and rating, which is what it's called. And that will help as well. So if they've just been through it the last six months to a year and they got exceeding, you know, it's a very, very good center. If they went through it six months ago and they got meeting or working towards, which is not good um that would yeah but you can also look it up so you can look it up on online you can google each center and see what their rating is as well and then also orientations i think making sure that the service is flexible about your like what you and your child need so some families are just like yeah we'll just come for an hour the day before we're all cool kids fine family's fine Other families, for a variety of reasons, whether it's the children's needs or the parents' needs, they want to have lots of orientations to make sure that everyone, not just the child, feels comfortable. Um, So I make sure that I always say to families, like our rule is that you need to have minimum one before your child starts, but you can have as many as you want because I don't want a parent to be at their desk crying, (laughs) worrying about their child all day. I want them to feel as comfortable as they can, and obviously for the child to feel as comfortable as they can. So that's a big one, too.
0: That's such a good tip because I think that, like, when you're starting daycare, you're giving up so much of the control. So just even having, like, knowing to be like, actually, could I do a few more orientations? Like, having a little bit of control about that transitional
1: process. I really love that tip. Yeah. And also, the other thing that people can forget, whether it's centers or whether it's families, but families pay a fortune for childcare, which in a way can kind of give you the power. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you want, you're the one that's paying a huge amount of money for this service. You want it to be quality and you want to know that your child's safe. Like you you do, you should have some say in what you need within reason.
0: Yes. And also. Obviously
1: I get some wild requests sometimes.
0: I can, that is a quick, we're going to end on that question because Kelly McCarran, I told her all the questions and she's like, yeah, but I want to know like, the juicy
1: stuff, and I'm
0: like, oh god, that's our personalities—practical, juicy. I don't know if that <laughs> makes sense, but anyway. Um, so on that topic, after like leading up into orientation, and we're doing our stay and plays. Now the day is coming. What can we do, like, at home? Like, is there anything we can be doing with the kids before we start to kind of prepare them? Like, I had a little look online, and a lot of people said, "Talk to your kids," which I thought was a bit weird. Because I mean, I started Rue really young, but is there any merit in that?
1: Well, yeah, I guess it depends on the age that they're at, but I think, you know, research would probably suggest that regardless of the age the child is, if you're, like, it's respectful to discuss with the child, you know, what's going to change or what's about to happen for them. Um, So, yeah, there is absolutely no harm in doing that regardless of what age they're at. I think for some families, like, or or children that are really struggling with separation anxiety is practising in the lead up to childcare of leading them Uh, you know, either with dad or with grandparents or, you know, someone like that for short intervals to get them sort of a little bit prepared. And, you know, something we always say to families is not to sneak out because even I've tried that at home when my son's been really clingy to me and I need to leave, I was like, I'm going to sneak out. But I also know that that can also break their trust because they're like, hang on, she just left. I had no idea. So even though we think it's better to just sneak out, It can break trust.
2: I do the sneak out all the time.
1: I've
0: definitely done the sneak out and the way that you just explained it makes so much sense. Of course, they're going to be like, she's just left me without saying goodbye. And so then now all
1: the time, they're going to be kind of like worried that you're always going to leave them. So even though it kind of feels like it would be easy to just sneak out because they might not cry or something immediately, or you don't have to hear them cry. It's better to always just say like, Mummy's going now, and Mummy's coming back. Just always, even if they're six months old, it's important to do that.
2: I still say, like, if Lenny, no matter where I'm leaving him, even if I'm just going to the bins and he's having a meltdown about me walking to the bins, every time he's been upset, and when I come back to him, whether it's been like a day or a minute, um, I say to him, "Mummy always comes back." I told you this, like, and I don't know if it does anything, but I'm like, I'm no. like, Mummy
1: always comes back.
0: Teaching me a lot yes.
1: right now. Yeah, because my son is, um, you know, sometimes he'll cry because I go to the toilet or have a shower. So I, when I come back, I just say, mommy always comes back." So yes, I do the same, and it's yeah, that's important. I think the other thing about when you're starting childcare, I mean, this isn't so much about your question about what to do at home, but in their first week, is if you have the flexibility with your work to give them shorter days and gradually increase it, depending on how they're going. So that's another reason why I took leave for the first week because I wanted to be at home and close by if he was really not coping. But I was lucky on the first day he rang and said, he hasn't cried once, he's eaten, he's gone to sleep and he was fine. So I got a bit more time to myself, but I still sort of picked him up as soon as he woke up and then just gradually increased it and just sort of waited to see how he was handling it. And he was thankfully perfectly fine, but it does help ease them into it.
0: That is such a good tip. I actually had that same tip from one of my girlfriends who had had a couple of kids and she was like, just pick them up after their sleep. Exactly what you said. And that almost, I, I probably didn't do anything for Rue because like your son, she really enjoyed daycare kind of straight off the bat. But it was more for me that I was like, it felt, I don't know, comforting to me to know that I didn't have to wait to the end of the day. I could just go whenever. Yeah, Yeah. I definitely found the first week hard.
2: Sometimes it even I've got to remember that now I'll be like, like Luke said it a couple of weeks ago. He goes, "Oh, why don't we just pick Lenny up early and then go do this?" And I was like, "Oh, oh!" Like you just forget that they are actually your kids sometimes, and you can do whatever you want. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I did that with his you can first week. Go in week. the middle like, of the day if you yeah, want. Yeah, you can. Well, sometimes we do if we've got a doctor appointment or whatever. But yeah. I did the same with Len's first week, and I remember being—I just was so anxious on that first day, like. I thought to myself, oh, you're going to have all this time to yourself. And I just sat on the lounge and looked at my phone for the whole day. I just felt sick.
1: Yeah, it's so hard when, especially like for a lot of us, you're putting them in childcare straight off, having just, you know, from birth to the end of paternity leave, you've only known having them with you. And you kind of like, I don't know if it's everyone feels like this, but I was kind of like, I didn't know myself without him. I hadn't had that many opportunities for him to be with other people. Like, you know, he'd had a little a couple of hours with my mom or his other grandmother, but, like, I hadn't had weekends away on my own or anything like that. And so, yeah, it felt really weird. But it also didn't take me very long to just ease into this new life.
0: <laughs> Got right on that like so now the practical so what items and i know this will vary from like center to center but what items are you expected to bring for your kid each day i remember like when i was doing this i was like what do i take and they do tell you later but i think it's good just to have an idea of what to expect
2: and if you're not a very practical person like me so my sister-in-law got Lenny his little stickers that you need to put on everything because she knows what I'm like. And clearly was like, Kelly will never organize these stickers. So I'm going to do it for us. So I literally, one day just opened them and I was like, oh my God, these are so cute. She's like, yeah, you'll need them for daycare. And I'm like, oh my God. And it was like five days before he was about to start. I was like, oh,
1: so, so I would. Yes. Stickers are very helpful. Yeah. The children and yeah, families have things going missing all the time and you know sometimes it's also it's not just the educators fault it can be because children are going into each other's bags and pulling things out you know but i find that it can then educators are spending so much of their day chasing up items one of the big ones for me that i get a bit strict about is taking toys to the center like if you do that it's at your own risk don't then start asking us to go searching for them all the time because it's like we're busy enough. It's not our yeah. job to be looking after your, our your toys. Our centre's got like a
2: no outside toys blanket rule. I didn't even know why but that makes sense.
1: Yes because for some families you know, it's easier to get your kid out of the house than having a tantrum to let them bring whatever the thing is they're tantruming about like as a mum I get that um, but just to give you the the center's perspective as well um anyway sorry getting back to the things to pack so i have like a little bag that's got a ton of spare clothes so that if he gets dirty from lunch or water play or whatever he's got plenty of options and it's all labeled and other than that oh and his sheets some centers you don't need to they will provide sheets and they'll provide nappies but yeah so that they'll tell you what you need but generally they need to have hat Nappies, nappy cream, lots of spare clothes, their sheets, sleep sack, their comforters, if that's what they need, bottles, if that's what they need. And you
2: need everything, like not just label, but I didn't even realise you need like your nappy cream with a pharmacist label on it. And same thing if you need, like if you want to supply a specific sunscreen, you need to have like a proper pharmacist label on it, which are just all things that you don't realise until you're there and you're like, oh, for goodness sake. I mean, it makes sense, but like God.
1: Oh, don't worry. I have days where, like, I find out about regulations and I'm like, really? Like, It's so heavily regulated. But, yes, that is true. As
2: an educator, what do you think is the stupidest rule? Because I remember when I first heard the no Panadol, no Nurofen one, and I was like, what? When it was explained to me, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like that, you know, you don't want to give your kid to get – Well, no, because once it's worn off, then the kid starts showing the symptoms, like whether or not they're fevering or whatever. But I'm like, sometimes you just give it to them because they're being assholes and you've got no idea what's going on with (laughs) them. Like, they're not sick. They're just like, something hurts, their bones are growing. But in reality,
1: the the centre's not going to know if you've given them Panadol and Neurofen before you've sent them, right? Like, there's no proof. But I guess from the centre perspective, it's that these policies exist because it could be masking something more serious. So exactly, I guess it's more which to I totally get. Themselves. But, but they also don't know if you've given your child Panadol and your before they've come in. But, I mean, we often do because it gets to four hours after drop-off time and the fever spikes and we're like. And you're hey. like, well, <laughs> oh, well. But what are you going to do about it? <laughs> That's You just handle that at the time
0: i think the biggest thing that everyone talks about us in as their kids go to daycare after we get past the emotional stuff is a sickness mm. which is mm. inevitable because it's just we're chucking everything in there we're putting things i just Rue's story park notification just came through and she's standing there with a water bottle in her hand that is not her water bottle and she's just walking around with it drinking out of it and i'm like cool great that's very that is, exciting that play your
1: heart. actually that's something i wanted to say about when you're going to center tours is asking about like what their illness policy is and how they try to reduce the spread of illness because it is definitely part of starting child care. My son has also been through it but it can also be worse at some places if they're not adhering to good policies and procedures. Give us Ooh, the details. What the ones that are good?
0: what Like what we should be aspiring oh, to? Oh,
1: so they should have some sort of cleaning schedule. We have external cleaners who come and clean the whole centre every night. So hopefully every centre's got that. The educators have got a cleaning schedule for toys. That they also are really strict about their illness policy. So while this can also suck when you're the parent that's being called, it also helps just keep the illnesses, you know, Well, at least it reduces them if we all just try to do the right thing. But if, you know, some places like I've had people before who are too scared to call parents because, you know, obviously it does. It is difficult for families, but they're too scared to call them when their children, you know, have got greens not coming out their noses. But um, yeah, so you want to be strict with your illness policy and stick to it. Um, and that includes exclusion periods. So there's a document called Staying Healthy in Childcare," which you can just look up and download, and it's got all the different infectious diseases and what the exclusion periods are. So, you know, when we have an infectious disease present at the service, we post to families on the app, like what infectious disease is present, what the exclusion period is, and a fact sheet about sort of what to look for, how to treat it, that sort of thing. So, yeah, there's definitely things they could be doing, lots of outdoor time, windows open, not just air conditioning all the time
0: that's my biggest pet peeve anyway what? it's not about it's not about me and my pet peeves
1: <laughs> being
0: inside in the aircon, and i'm because there's this dream daycare that one of my friends goes to and they're like thing is even in winter they're like dress your child appropriately because they will be sitting outside for the majority of the day like they and that kid has not been sick and i'm like that
2: is why because they're in fresh air
1: yeah and a lot of centers um have started getting children to nap outside Oh, wow. Round, <gasps> which apparently, like research has proven, has significantly reduced illnesses. I actually personally have not tried this yet, but it's on my to do list. It's fascinating. And I feel like I could families to sleep before. around noises too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But how relaxing as well. Like, obviously, not in like direct sun, they'll be under a shaded area. Yeah, of course. um But yeah, like I had a family once who were from Sweden initially. and coming from a country where it's freezing and snowing all the time, that the children are outside all the time because Mm. they're dressed appropriately. But I find I've had parents complain because they pick their children up and it's a bit too cold outside, like in Sydney. I mean, it doesn't even snow here, but they'll they'll complain that it's too cold for children to be outside often in winter. Like harden up and put your kid in a coat, dear
2: Lord, like Sydney, Sydney weather yeah
1: a, and always
0: I always like in winter it's like singlet long sleeve shirt jumper jacket like y- yeah. you just got to pack and provide
1: for... lots of options in their bag you know so that and I know like we have children who come on rainy days with their gum boots and their raincoat and their umbrella so we can take them outside mm. they can That's go and so play outside good. and splash in the puddles because they've got the appropriate clothing
0: that is such a good tip I didn't think about that yeah. for rainy days excellent the last like kind of quote, unquote, boring is what Kelly McCarran said, because I'm like, I want to know all the the nerdy stuff, but accidents. I think Mm -hmm. this is the one that caught me off guard because of course I knew that there were going to be different things that happened, but I guess I was caught off guard, not because the process was bad, but I was like, oh my goodness. So like if an accident happens, kind of what's the process for the educators to let the parents know and the documentation that needs to be addressed.
1: Okay. So this may be, parts of this may be specific to centres, like different organisations and companies. But in my experience, yeah, so we've got a general rule that anything above the shoulders, you need to call the family immediately to let them know. And you obviously complete an incident report, which families will be given at pick-up time to sign. If we're talking about these sort of incidents. Yeah. Like obviously not ambulance calling incidents. No, which we've just also like had. Um, but yeah, but anything above like the shoulders, so basically the, the neck and head, we need to call the family straight away to let them know and then do an incident report.
2: I'm that mum that now i pick up the phone when i see them and i'm like and they're like lenny's fallen on his head again and i'm like oh thank god (laughs) thank the lord it's just a head
1: injury and they get so every time i call a family they're like yes what is it so i always start with so-and-so's okay (laughs) so-and-so's fine
2: you you don't need to come but also (laughs) i'm like They get so apologetic and I'm like, you're so lovely, but he falls over and bumps his noggin when there's two parents, one child. It's four, it's four children to one Mm. educator there. Of course he's going to fall over.
1: Yeah. And that's also because we deal with such a large spectrum of of families. Um, I feel like I often have to explain this to families is that they, most parents think like all the parents are like them but they don't realize that on every single issue or policy or anything, you're going to have a huge spectrum of families in terms of what they expect, how they respond to things, their requests. It varies greatly. So yes, I'm probably a bit more like you. I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Is it alive?
2: The only policy I've ever been cranky about is the no wake policy at my daycare center. Cause I'm just like, for Christ's sake, the amount of effort I've put into this kid's routine, and then they explained it to me and i was like i get it but it's still bloody annoying because of the the work that i have put into his sleep routine now it's sort of like he just naturally does what he sort of does at home but when he went oh and then when my sister moved her kids to that center and they didn't her old center didn't have that policy and on the first few days they just
1: let her kids sleep for like six hours she's like
0: i <laughs> that is getting hours that, that
1: actually that can be one of the things from your question about what do i find like what rule do i find silliest we don't have a no wake policy as such but what's happening there is that you know it's going down the path which obviously i agree with most of the time in respecting the needs of a child and respecting the voice of a child which in like pretty much every other circumstance i agree with but when it comes to sleep the stance i've always had with families is that like our job is to not just support children but is to support families and that's in our curriculum that's in the national quality standards that's in our regulations it's a really important part of what we do so if a child's sleep at child care is affecting their sleep at home that affects the whole family it has ramifications so I try to approach every situation individually because we have had families that want their one-year-old to only sleep for half an hour a day and I'm a bit I've got to sort of go with what's a bit more appropriate and try and meet Let's them in, meet the in the middle yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and then yeah and then there's other families who want to cut their naps so yeah I, I definitely we don't have a hard and fast no wake policy but i think that's what they're trying they're trying to do the right thing which is that to not deny children their sleep needs yeah but and I think my that, son recently was sleeping three hours a day and I said to them, like, it is now starting to impact his sleep. So we've reduced it to two and it's now mm. fixed.
2: And because some kids just love sleep. I wish mine was one of them. But like, so with my nephew, they did come to the agreement because that's what my sister said to them. She said, I understand that's your policy, but it is affecting him because he isn't obviously going to want to go to bed till 10 o'clock at night if he slept till 4 p.m. And then he's got to get up at six because I've got to then take him to daycare again because I've got to go into the city to work. So it is affecting him. So to negotiate what they do is now they pull the cot out into the main play area. So So the sleepy puff is just like having a snooze with all the screaming, like playing kids around him. And that's how they have like worked around that. So it's really good. You can generally, I think the lesson is that you can chat to them and figure something out.
1: Yeah and they should be flexible but then also another perspective from like an educator perspective is that sometimes when you've got a certain time that you've got to wake certain children up at and you go and wake them up and they're just distressed like they become distressed they're so upset or they keep going to lie back down and they keep falling asleep and then you're physically sitting a child up trying to force them to stay awake that's when it's really difficult because it's, and so sometimes we'll be like, okay, just give them 10 more minutes and we'll try again and obviously communicate that to the family. That's also important is the communication that you're having with them to show that you're trying to support them as well as the child. But yeah, we have had instances where families like this sort of tends to happen more in the preschool age where they're in a very in-between stage with their sleep needs regarding daytime naps But, yeah, if we're having to, like, force a child to sit up, like, we can't be doing that either. So, yeah.
2: Daycare does tire them out more so than at home. So maybe they don't need as much sleep when they're just, like, playing quietly at home all day. But when they're racing around and doing 10 different activities and it's not even 9 a.m., like, they are probably going to
1: need a little bit more sleep a little bit more yeah Mm. yeah but again like it's a case-by-case basis and a bit of flexibility is needed and consideration for the whole family so when i went to
0: pick up rue the other day she's just gone from cot sleeps to the mattress sleeps on the ground with you know no open space because she just like wasn't really sleeping in the cot and they're like oh we think she's ready and i'm like okay godspeed and the lady was (laughs) like to me the educator was like oh if she was just really cheeky today this one she said that basically she would pat rue to sleep She wasn't asleep but she thought she was and then go to pat another kid and then rue would like open her eyes up and be like pissing herself laughing and then like run over to a kid that was asleep and like wake them up and i just thought that is my idea of hell like how do you guys deal with that like that like the lady's like laughing and i'm like i am so sorry right now how
1: hectic well look
2: i mean i I thought that she was ready she clearly was not
1: Already lock her up. <laughs> I mean, educators, they are miracle workers, they are saints. Like, my team are just the most hard working and caring people, and I think they would probably all find that situation pretty funny as well. Like, yeah. children are entertaining, and it's a really happy job most of the time. It does um, seem like
2: but, that, like, that's pretty yeah, joyous, very to get...
1: rewarding, yeah. But at the same time, there's also a lot of um, there's a lack of respect from broader society, I guess. So that can also be really hard for a lot of people in the sector, but day to day, what I'm seeing in my, in my team is just a lot of people who really love what they do, which is awesome.
2: The way I've, I look at Educators is, and I know that they think they've told me before, they're like, Oh, you're a really easy parent. I'm like terrified of them. I'm like, Just, I just want to please you and make you happy. But the way that I think about it, I'm like, You're looking after my child and you're doing such a good job. And he clearly, like, he's so shy, but he goes and hugs them. Like, he loves them. They make him feel safe. I know how underpaid most of them are. I know that they have to deal with absolute nightmare families who don't seem to care. And that, you know, then they're dealing with like the sicknesses on top of everything as well, there was like a couple of months ago, we got, you know, every few months we get a cranky email from the uh, lead educator or just to be like, guys, please keep your kids at home if they're sick. Like I've got staff in hospital. I've got children in hospital, which I just think is barbaric that you even have to send that, but yet yeah, tell us about the crazy parents. I want to know the juicy
1: stuff. <laughs> Oh, I wish I had I could have prepared like you know 15 years worth of the juiciest stories I'll probably think of some when we finish recording but I mean we do have families that come late every single day it's like not it's not allowed well if a centre closes at six o'clock they every day they're coming after six o'clock so I mean Without they're not coming out late but it's yeah and it's like it's always the repeat offenders and mm-hmm. so I had to send like a pretty firm um message out to families recently and the whole thing was about like so not dropping their children off early, picking them up late, because we also have like insurance and licensing mm. and we're not licensed or insured to have children at the premises before like outside opening hours. Mm. And I was paying my team overtime every single day. And they don't want to be doing overtime every single day. And then, yeah, a lot of They have their own families. To that, that too. So we do apply late fees, but, you know, if you're really wealthy, you may not care about late fees. So uh, that's a challenge. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. What's another one? So we got like, we hold parent-teacher meetings. Like we have a parent-teacher meeting week every year, but also we'll hold them throughout the year as parents need them. But, you know, we had one recently in the family and we're like, can you help teach our son to ride a bike? We've other kids his age can't ride a bike. Why can't he ride a bike? And I'm kind of like, we don't have bikes here. Like, that's not really our job to teach him to ride a bike. Then we also get quite, like, intense requests for our preschool-aged children about their school readiness. So, like, when are you going to teach them multiplication? When are you going to teach them to read? And they put a lot of pressure on us for the academic side of things. And that no matter how much no matter how good our curriculum is and like you've got to remember as well we have university qualified teachers that are teaching these programs like they've all been at uni four years studying shop they know what they're doing but nothing will ever be will ever be enough they want their children do multiplication at four
2: when i read things like that or see hear stories whatever it just strikes me It's very entitled and it's like some parents don't want to actually parent. They just want to have a kid for the cute stuff without realizing that parenting is a job and it's your job to still be the primary educator, really at home, like if you want them to be doing certain things, of course, the schooling system helps, but like most of the things. Within reason within reason exactly right and also i've never ever like daycare supposed to be fun not
1: yeah, learning they're bloody... only children for such a short amount of time yeah, of their play. life like we want them to be having fun mm. and our biggest goal is that children are going off to school with the social and emotional skills yes. that they need to learn and if they don't yep. have them they really struggle to learn so they yeah. need to have them before you even start thinking about doing anything else
0: on the note of those nasty parents that we're talking about before when i was here the other day and we were recording an episode i got a call from my one of the educators and she's a new educator and she didn't do what you said that you do and say x is okay in my case Rue was okay she led with something has happened and i was (laughs) like what 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 do you mean and she said rue has been bitten and i said oh okay was it by like a like do we have biters in the room like is this like a normal occurrence and they're like like oh yeah we do have a couple of biters I'm like okay did it break the skin she's like no and I'm like all righty do you need me to pick her up or are we all good and she's like no no that's fine and then she was like thank you so much like thanked me for acting nice so on that note like what is your like one thing that you'd like to say to parents to remember about educators to try and just put it into perspective a little bit
1: I think that understandably because they're not there and they don't do our jobs there's obviously a misunderstanding and misconception of what else we can be dealing with during the day Um, but a lot of families aren't aware of how many children with additional needs we support Mm. and additional needs doesn't always mean like they've all got a diagnosis some haven't had a diagnosis yet Um, additional needs can be that the child has come from like they have experienced trauma so they just they have challenging behaviors that require more support that is a huge part of what we do and that I do as a director in terms of liaising with external services and getting funding and things like that so I sometimes I find that educators could have had a really hard day trying to support those children and their families which means that something else they may have dropped the ball somewhere else like they may have missed catching that child biting ruin action or something when they may have could have been doing that if they didn't have children with that they're focusing on with the additional needs And it can be really heartbreaking for us because we obviously can't tell families that, Mm. but it's not because they would, it's always the assumption that you weren't doing enough or that um, it's always the educator's fault for not being good enough at their jobs. But it's just so, in my experience, it is so rarely the case that it's because they haven't done something. It's because they're so, so stretched. And I find it can be really upsetting.
2: When they're not, doing that, they're then expected to now, which I love, but also I understand that extra mental load, you're updating those bloody photos and how many shits he's done today and how many bits of toast, like for every single individual yeah, the child. So, huge. Yeah, so I'm just like, I, I don't think anyone can really think that if you, I think any parent listening, if you actually think about it, do you really think that any educator is just like kicking back with a beer?
1: No. It's just not possible. Exactly.
0: I think for as much complaining as I do about my daycare, the fact that I drop her off and she runs to them. Yeah. And when I pick her up, she's like, bye, like, and so happy and, and never, you know, sad. I think that that's the thing that I try and focus on. All my girlfriends who have got heaps of kids always say to me, like, you trust the educators, she's happy, she's safe. The other things don't really matter. Mm. And I think that that's something that I would encourage people to remember when they're getting annoyed about something that is
1: so silly yeah i agree the first and foremost is that the child is happy and if you're and if you're dropping i mean actually some children do cry drop off every day because it's become a habit but if you're picking them up and they're happy mm. and you're seeing photos that they're happy and the educator telling you how happy they are that is definitely the most important thing and there are other things that you know can indicate the quality of a place but yeah i can just find that sometimes parents can be really unreasonable because they're just thinking about their circumstances and their child's needs and they don't understand how much children's needs vary to their own. That's such a good point.
0: Well, thank you so much for the practical and the juicy daycare <laughs> tips. We really appreciate your perspective as oh, a mom and a daycare director. It's so good. I love it. And thanks for being a shitter. Oh, I love it.
2: Well, I hope that everyone has loved this episode and I hope it's been helpful if you have a child starting... I mean, I hope it's just been great. But if you do have a child starting day, I hope that this is helpful. Make sure you share it far and wild with any other parents who are also staring down the barrel of uh, sending the kids off to the virus (laughs) centres.
0: To the centre of viruses. And remember, we are deep in planning mode for 2024 so this is your chance to let us know what of, you want to hear yeah what topics you want us to discuss it's your pod too so remember to shoot us any suggestions you have you can do that via insta is probably easiest at key reese and at kelly underscore mccarren and at essr.pod
2: this episode was produced by us Kel McCarran and key reese Searles, with audio production by Claude the Lord, Okay, <laughs> Claudia Coy. Bye. Claude of the Flies, bye.